This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you in association with Labbrooks for all your betting needs. With a new site design and great prices, it's our preferred bookie. New members can get a free match bet up to £50 when you sign up and use the code LAD50. Check on site for details at labbrooks.com. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Um, I'm recovering from a very exciting night at the Emirates last night, Arsenal v Liverpool. Um, the generally regarded as being the most exciting 0-0 draw in the history of football. Um, I'm joined by Psychic Josh. Hi, Josh. I'm back. And you are no longer at Premiers this week? No, thanks for a week off. Thank you so much for doing a fine, sterling job last week uh, in my absence at the Bad Education Premier, where, by the way, there was an, an avalanche, a gaggle, a huge stream of Arsenal players there. Oh, really? Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Kieran Gibbs, I think um, a couple of others. Yeah, I tried You to didn't recognise them? You're not familiar uh, no, with them? No, I'm just trying to remember who was there and who wasn't there. I kind of might have imagined some of them there that weren't there. Did you like have that. a small part in the film? No. Well, why no, was I there something to... in Heat magazine? Oh, I went on set. I was just oh, you went set. on set. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the opening showbiz section, by the way, of the podcast <laughs> yeah. where we talk about. But he has got Arsenal players. So Alex Oxley Chamberlain was there, and I wanted to get a photo with him, and I asked him for a photo outside at the end. And he went, Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to go and see my friend. And he went off and didn't come back. What? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, but anyway, thanks for sitting in, Josh. Yeah, I think he was just, he just forgot. He just got distracted. <laughs> I, mean, I don't blame him. It's fine. Who was he with? Some some mates, just some bloke, yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway, and were you on your own when you asked him? Um, I was on my own when I asked him. Yeah, oh. yeah annoyingly. Yeah, has Stupid. he gone down in your estimation? No, at all. God right, no. Okay. no, he should be playing week in week out. So as I'm mm. concerned, we'll talk about that in a, in, in a in a sec. We've got the great James Ollie, Evening Standard chief football writer. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, wearing bedecked in a fine football writer's suit. Yeah, I'm overdressed. 
Although I haven't dressed specifically for this, I should probably just clarify okay. I have come from something else. Were you there last night covering it for I was there. I was there. Good to know. Now, now, a legendary Wenger... What's the word I should use? Realist. Realist. <clears throat> That's a good word. Yes. Doubter. Cynic. Realist. Realist Possibly. Is good. Yeah. Realist is good. Yeah. Um, and we've got lots to talk about. So, yeah, the ins and outs of last night's um, nil-nil draw. The key stats... Wenger post-match, who said um, the sharpness is missing a bit. We still miss the spontaneous attitude to finish well what we start. Who's, who's, yeah, whose fault is that? Um, I was, can quote some like pundits like Steve Claridge picked on Mez Ozil, didn't he, on Five Live. I heard the end of that when I was on the bus home. Saying he doesn't do enough on the ball and doesn't do anything defensively. Gary Neville, oh yeah, he had, they kind of had a spat. They've had a media spat going Neville and Arsene Wenger. Uh, Gary Neville basically having a go at him for not signing powerful players. And Wenger saying, and calling him arrogant, basically, and Wenger having a go back. And, of course, we've got to talk about the lack of transfers. I heard from one of our close personal friends, Josh, who was there last night um, with access to people inside us that we are not going to sign anyone else before the end of the transfer. I think, I think we've got a similar text message, boys. Yeah. So let's just let that sink in for a minute and see if James... James obviously probably knows more than we yeah. do. I think that's probably true. Yeah. I, th- I think where we're at at the moment is they're going to be reactive rather than proactive if they're active at all, if that makes any sense. So essentially, if the deal comes up where suddenly Edison Cavani says, oh, actually, I'd like to go to the Emirates um, and PSG go, oh, OK, you can go for 30 million, then I think they'll do it. If Karim Benzema suddenly has a fight with Rafa Benitez in the Bernabeu dressing room, and says, I want to go to the, the Emirates, they'll do the deal. But as it stands, unless a kind of Pedro-type thing yeah. arises, I don't think they'll do anything, no. Interesting uh, yeah, passive approach to football transferring there from Arsenal. Typical. Um, well, 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 it feels like a wasted opportunity, doesn't it? Oh, you know, yeah. And I think, I think equally, when you hear him say, effectively, there's nobody available in world football at the moment that's better than my starting eleven. Oh, yeah. And they've taken four points from nine, which, by the way, in the corresponding fixtures last season, they took nine from nine. You, it's hard to marry those two points up, isn't yeah. it, really? Well, now we've opened this can of worms. Let's, let's, let's deal with the can of worms. Let's let the worms flood out and crawl all over our frustrated selves, Alan. I mean, you, I mean, he's been saying that for years. The whole thing about... So when you say to people... We need to buy a striker, probably another defensive midfielder or whatever. And people say, well, who is there? But he's been saying for, for years and years and years that we haven't got players out there better than the ones he's already got. But, I mean, I agree with James. There are, though, aren't there? I mean, if you, that's his job. It's the job of the club and his team to go out there and find those players because we still haven't got a good enough squad. Well, one of the key defences of Wenger by, by the people that, you know, think he's a, a genius and can do no wrong is that he can find players. So... Yeah. You can't actually have that as an excuse if you do think that about him because I, I don't doubt that in the next two years a player will come from somewhere and be a very, very good striker that we've not even talked about around this table. So yeah, course, the, yeah. the players have to be there. And I, I know that people like to defend Giroud and I don't think he's bad, but if you get to the point of asking yourself if he's good enough, I don't think he is. And I don't think any of our options are good enough. And... I think I think Wenger does look at stats. I think he was one of the first managers to ever look at stats. We've created something like 60-odd chances this season already. Mm. 60 chances and scored two goals. And arguably one of those was, was a half chance, which Giroud scored. And he tends to do the things that you don't expect him to do. And then when you really need him to score chances that strikers get, like in one-on-one with a keeper... 
the Monaco game comes to mind. He doesn't seem to be able to do it. And that must mean that he's not the extra, extra additional level that we need. I, th- I think he's a very, very good squad player. And we just t- tend to have so many players on the brink of being very, very good, but only when it suits them. And if that if that's to do with motivation or sharpness or something else, that's his problem. And if it's to do with the fact that they're not good enough, that's also his problem, but it can be solved in a different way. Uh, the go- looking at the game last night, I, at the end of it, I said, I thought what the first half particularly should, and we did get much better in the second half, particularly, I mean, you know, we sorted various things out, like defensively, we were much better in the second half. Whereas the first half, I thought Liverpool could have been 3-0 up, mm. apart from our disallowed goal, which should have been allowed. But I, just generally in that first half, I thought... It just felt exactly like how we were last season at the beginning of the season, kind of players not trying to shoehorn the midfield, too many midfield players into yeah. positions they're not playing in, kind of not really, not really setting out the team to face to attack Liverpool as as they could have done. They all felt very tentative and nervy, and I and I, and I don't know what it is. I just felt he's not getting the best out of even the talent we've got. So I totally agree actually about Giroud. But even taking that into account, we should still. Be scoring a lot more from those chances, as you say. Absolutely. And, yeah. and last night in the first half, hardly creating anything. Well, look, I mean, the piece I did out of the game for the paper was essentially saying that, you know, what happened to the fast start? There was this narrative that yes. came out of uh, from Arsene Wenger that was espoused by his players publicly over pre-season and, and into the start of the campaign where it was, we lost the title last season because we started badly. We won four games out of 12. The German World Cup winners came back. They needed an extended break. Per Mertesacker openly admitted he struggled for motivation for a while. We, we didn't hit the ground running. And had we played the first half of the season, that was as we played the second half of the season, we'd have won the league. And I've sat in multiple press conferences pre-season and, and, and with the season underway with Arsene Wenger saying this is it hit the ground running we need to hit our straps we can't afford to get behind and for him last night to say physically we weren't quite there we're mm. lacking fluency in the final third mentally we're not quite right yeah. that is either at best hypocritical and at worst negligent because yeah. to, to place such an emphasis on how, how well you start the season and then start the season like this, all right, it's four from nine. It's the same as Chelsea. They could recover. Of course they could. But given Well, they that, will. It's, give, it's we, we, you know, they've, they've shown yeah. that they can recover. They have. We and also the confidence in Chelsea's ability to recover is boosted by the fact that they've done a lot of business in the transfer market. Yeah. They're about to sign probably John Stones as well as Pedro. Yeah as well as the, you know, the reinforcements they've made. So I can understand why there's a lot of frustration. Josh, it's going to fall to you, it looks like, in this podcast to put the case for the defence, because people will get angry at us three for being very negative, particularly me. People are going to be furious with me for being so negative. But to so play devil's take over for a minute and give you some... So we did have, obviously, the huge defensive problem mm. of our main two centre-fenders being injured, being out. We did, which night. was the first time we've played without right. either of them since April 2012. Right. So there's that factor, which I'll bear that in, in, in mind. The fact that we, it's only three games, blah, 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 that, that, that it could have gone either. If we'd scored that goal, if mm. that goal hadn't been disallowed, maybe things would have been different last night. So I'm giving you some you know, benefit. Some, you some can give me the platform. But I'll give you the platform I, to defend. I, I don't know if I'm in a defensive mood to oh. And I think there's two things about that. One, last night, I think Liverpool proved they're a lot better than I thought they were. I think what, you know, if you look at the, uh, well, Alan here is the betting expert, but if you look at the odds, we're, we're, you know, heavy favourites finishing the top four and, and Liverpool, you know, odds against. And yet, if you look at those two teams last night, I wouldn't really 
put us that much ahead of them the way they played. Yeah. Um, and I think the reality that we might not sign someone is slowly dawning on me, having sat here the last two weeks and been absolutely convinced it can't be that we go into another campaign and all we've done is taken a goalkeeper, Chelsea, deemed surplus to requirements. And yet that is slowly dawning on me and the reality that maybe it is, again, third at best that we're, we're fighting before behind Chelsea and Man City is a is a bit of a worry because last night you can argue Ramsey's goal and it should have stood, of course it should, but it would have been, I, I don't think, a, a reflection of the game no. had, we, had we won it. Liverpool had the first half, we had the second. I think if, if you look at chances, theirs were better. Obviously, Coutinho was I mean, brilliant. What a player. Benteke should have scored. Czech, at least, was you know yeah. back, back to his best. But um, I'm not in a massively positive, no. positive it, mood today, I think. Yeah. It, it showed the weaknesses in the squad. I thought, you know, Callan Chambers, never mind, it was the first game since 2012 that we'd been without Metasacro or Koscielny. It looked like his first game in about three years, the way yeah. his first touch yeah. at points. And maybe, you know, well, I think Wenger made a point in the press conference, obviously, James, you can back this up, but he spoke about how he considered taking Chambers off or he was asked the question about, there was no central defender on the bench. I mean, no, who on no, earth was he going to bring on? Arteta at centre-back? Flamini at centre-back? There was no Flamini, option. Possibly Flamini, yeah, yeah. Possibly yeah. Flamini yeah. coming across. But I, I, just going back to something that James said, he, he mentioned, you know, the fatigue from the World Cup. I don't know if you remember, one of the early podcasts I was on last year, I brought some stats in that said that we, in a year leading into major tournaments, we are four to five points better off always than the ones coming out of major tournaments, just on average. Yeah. And all of our titles under Wenger have come in those years that start with an odd number yeah. uh, you know uh, 97 98 and 0102 and 0304 but this should be one of those years and again you know you mentioned the three games last season we'd have had nine points from those three games yeah. and something that happened two seasons ago is that you know we we lost against Aston Villa then went on that run and, and, I, and I was still the voice of doom, unfortunately, saying, well, these are games that we actually got more yeah. points from last year. So I think whichever way you look at it, it it's, it's a poor start. And like Josh says, if, if there doesn't seem to be any light or any kind of signings or even some, you know, something to grab hold of, then I think it will get quite depressing yeah. quite quickly. It's the staleness that really mm. infuriates me, I have to say. Well, and this is what I can't... Like the Wenger... I call them the Wenger fundamentalists, the people who back whatever he does, pretty much, you know, almost to the point of absurdity, I think. And you see it as their thing to do, you know, in social media to basically say, you know, to find some kind of defence for every single little... And I look at I look at the fact that he's not actively going to strengthen the sword doesn't seem to be from what we hear you know from very good sources and I'm sure and you seem to agree he's not going out there going I've got to find a striker I've got to find it's not just not he's not in that mode at all no. so he's not doing that he's not he's still doing the he's still setting out the team kind of as he did for a lot of the time last season when it blatantly did not work he's not employing pacey players until so he made his classic 17th minute substitution last night <laughs> Theo had his 20 minutes. I'm sorry, I just don't think that's fair. I don't think that's enough to get, you know, sometimes he gets you know, into a game immediately, sometimes he doesn't. I don't think it's his fault. Why isn't it giving him a chance? For, I know, you know, you might disagree think, that he's the answer, <clears throat> but at least change it up a bit. Do, do you know what? I mean, you know, I, he's not doing any of those well, things. Well, Gary, Gary Neville called him arrogant, but what he is is stubborn. And, you know, it, I've watched that, a version of that game last night many, many yeah, times we'll in the last few years because we all know, you know, I mean, Brendan Rodgers... There are not many managers who talk in the week to a, uh, build up to a big game, basically, and 
explain exactly oh, no. their yeah. tactical deployment. Yeah. And he said, if you look at the last yeah. 10 home games that Arsenal have lost, they've um, the visiting teams had about 40% possession, averaged about four shots on <laughs> yeah. target. You know, you stay compact, you defend the width of the 18-yard line, um, you have pace in the flanks, you try and hit on the break, and you press in central areas and put pressure on the back yeah. four. I, Alex Ferguson wrote about it in his book. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. in it's in his last book where he quite clearly says, "For years, we thought we had to tackle Arsenal when they were the better team. We thought we had to kick them up in the air because they had better players than us. They, they were better on the ball than us. But actually, what we learned was you don't tackle them. You stand off them and you intercept passes." He wrote it in a book. Okay. Yeah. Right, it's there for everybody to yeah. see it. But, and Brendan Rodgers can say in a week yeah. up to a game, "This is what we're going to do," and still it doesn't yeah. change. That and was that, almost like throwing down the gauntlet, wasn't it? For me, I thought, "Well, he's going like, well, so this is we, we we're so kind of confident that we know how you're going to play." Yeah. Yeah. We're going to say it. I'm going to say it in the comments. And, and sure enough, we did play like that. I mean, even in the second half, that we were much better in. We're still absolutely playing in that, in front of them, tippy tapping yeah. around there. Well, They're very, very clear, strong line of defence. Until the Ox came on with 10 minutes to go. Look at the saves that Mignolet had to make versus the saves that Czech made. Yeah. And they were, all Mignolet saves, by and large, okay, Sanchez at the post, there was one, yeah. one he clawed away from Giroud. Most of the rest are shots from the edge of the box, shots from distance. Yeah. Exactly the same as West Ham, yeah. who defended very well. And, and I think Aaron Ramsey had a couple of shots that weren't mm. close on the opening day. You know, it was all in front of that team. I was, I was going to mention that West Ham game because something illustrated to me that particular day that um, as, as much as any of these, what did you call them, Wenger fundamentalists, yeah. as, as much as these guys want to actually defend him, I asked a couple of them because I, I seem to get hounded by them after every single game. And I, I, I do honestly try to be balanced. I, I don't want to witch hunt for the guy and I've got tremendous respect for him and everything else. I, you know, I, I don't think you need, that needs explaining. But mm. something was very clear that he does not watch matches or try to adapt in matches. And that is the fact that Tomkins was playing right back because Jenkinson wasn't allowed to play. And the first two times he went past him, he made terrible fouls. He actually got booked for the more lenient of the, yeah. the two fouls. But it told me, Christ, if we attack this guy for the next 70-odd minutes, he's either going to get sent off or he's not going to be able to tackle us. Not one person went anywhere near no. him for the whole game. There's a great story. Like, there, I mean, if, if, surely, surely someone there yeah. saw that. Yeah. Because there were people, you know, in the box with me that, you know, probably don't even go to that many games that... That saw it and talking about half time. I mean, it's it's like when just... Co- sorry, you've got a story in a minute. Well, but when, it's yeah. like when Cochlin was was about to be sent off hmm. in that game, in in, in the last game. Do you remember? And he was practically the referee he was, was telling them to take him off. Yeah. Wenger just sitting there, like not. It was the most obvious. Yeah, Metsasaka was did yeah. the older uh, that one finger over the yeah, other. Like that's that's the stubbornness writ large, isn't it? When you're yeah. about to lose a player, the referee's clearly about to send him off, and you're still leaving him on. Mm. What was your story? Was well, it's just there's a story in Thierry Henry's book written by Philippe O'Clair, fantastic book um, where he talks about the night before the Champions League final against Barcelona they obviously they'd done their preparation all week and they trained and they drilled and everything else and the night before the game they had a team meeting where they said right let's have a look at how Barcelona play and Omri talks in that book and says, "Hang on a minute. Well, we've known this game was coming on for a while. It's not like we've, you know, we've had Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday in the build-up to this. We've had all week to talk about this. And the night before, we're sitting down and starting to watch videos or talking about, you know, how they play. And that, you know, this is why my my position on on Wenger has always been that." I don't think he should go, but I think there should be somebody brought into the backroom staff who challenges him because there's n- he's surrounded by yes men, whether yeah. he argues it or not. He is. There isn't somebody. Is that the who- backroom, or is that generally throughout? Well, it's, the club? it's yeah, above and but yeah. how many people do you know who appoint their own boss? 
No, no. You so know, it doesn't in any walk incredible. of life. It doesn't happen, does it? And that's no. essentially. But Henri what, what did defend. Henri did actually defend him last night when Neville, because I, I didn't go to the game, so I did watch it on Sky. Mm. And when Neville started saying this, um, you know, it's just it's just here to me. It's arrogance. When he said that, Henri actually interjected and said, "It's not. It's not arrogance. I've been there. I've been in the. I've been in the dressing rooms." He doesn't do it arrogantly. And then no. that's when Neville said, "Well, it's one or the other. It's naivety or arrogance." Because you know, you can't. Mm. You can't really have both here because... I, I don't think it's, it's arrogance because, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to sit opposite the bloke every week in a press conference. And yes, of course, he has to present a persona to the media. But, you know, I've spent enough time around him to know he's not... He's obviously very confident in his own ability, like everybody has to be in that position. But he's not arrogant. He's he's stubborn. And he needs... You, mm. you look, at, look at somebody like Ferguson who had number twos who came in, Carlos Quiros, Steve McLaren, people who came in, Mike Phelan, who would challenge the existing setup, who would come in and say, actually, we're going to train this way. Actually, what about this tactic? What about this set piece? What about changing this dietary um, regime. You know, he had people all the way through the last stages make, of his career... Make a substitution before the 70s. ...doing minute. something different. <laughs> yeah. challenge, and, and the thing about Fergie that made him great was that he was willing to yeah. listen to people like that. Whereas Wasn't I think, Steve Bold supposed to be different? He was supposed to be like a... You know. S- Steve was initially, and there, mm. were, there were stories about how there were friction between the two of them, that Steve wanted to do more work on the defensive side of it. Um, he wanted to uh, instigate certain training regimes that... Um, Arsene said well, no I take training and there was a bit of friction at one time or another and so mm. far as how influential Steve could be beyond putting the cones out and picking the balls up you know which is not why you get into coaching no. um, I, you know that's that's the issue for me both below in terms of the setup of the team and training and then above with transfers you know we go back to a, a much uh, publicised argument or line of thinking that since David Dean left there hasn't been somebody there who will nudge yeah. him over the line in these transfers and and that to me is part of the same problem both above and below is it's it's stale and it needs somebody to challenge it but do you think James you talk about this it's not um a sense of arrogance he's just he's just stubborn but then when he talks about Arsenal last night across the season being very average do you think he he's surprised do you think he himself didn't expect this kind of slow start we've had yeah I, I think he is surprised and I think he you know what I go back to the first press conference of the season or first proper press conference of the season just before the opening day and I asked him about about this issue about preparation I said to him look you know do, are you going to do anything differently this year is it the fact that you've started so you go on and on and on about this are you mm. what have you done differently to make sure you hit the ground running and he said nothing the whole reason why we had this problem was the World Cup I said, yeah, but what about the season starting earlier? Mm. And and I wasn't... Sometimes journalists throw in the odd bomb, you know this, Boyd. But that wasn't that. I yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a follow-up yeah. question. And he on, he came out with this diatribe about, it's absolutely ridiculous that the season's starting this early. It's a massive mistake of the Premier League. I can't understand. It's, I think the quote was completely unexplainable why we're starting the season early. As if he just... <laughs> turned his diary over to August and gone, oh, it's this weekend. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was, yeah. oh, that's, that's a nightmare. Yeah. And then you see the way they played against West Ham and you think, yeah. actually, well, I wonder whether he knew. Yeah. I wonder whether he knew well, before the really game. there was really funny bit of thing about Alexis as well, wasn't there? That, you know, he kept yeah. going on about how Alexis needed more time to rest and, you know, he wouldn't throw him... I mean, he was, he was born a substitute in the first game. Well, he sat, he sat like... there on Friday and said, Alexis is not going to play in this game. Sunday, he comes on. Yeah. You lie. Why do I bother? It's Why do I bother it turning up to press conferences? To me, if he doesn't... If, I seriously think if he doesn't... So we're playing Newcastle, I mean, you know, uh, for me, we can't have a, 
the easier. We're always good against Newcastle, <laughs> aren't we? Even in our... I can't remember the last time we weren't good against Newcastle. Can you? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, can I'm remember, I can remember a 4-4. Four, four. Four, four. Oh, yeah, 4-4, four, 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 yeah, okay. <laughs> but at least we, we were 4-0 <laughs> At least to be fair. There was a 0-0, nil, nil, wasn't there, a couple of years back? Was there? Yeah. I think yeah. there's been a couple down the, okay. down the years. I mean, well, I, well, St James Park, we, we right. at least get a point. We, yeah. we came above Tottenham, didn't we, famously, when they all thought there'd yes. been a goal at Newcastle. Oh, they all yes, celebrated yes, yes, at White Hart Lane. We've got Mike from from production company here. You might remember that one, all the yeah. Tottenham fans celebrating. Yeah. That was great because <laughs> I remember I had that weird moment where I was listening. I was one of those sad. I was listening to the game at White Hot Lane. And, and at the um, the commentators were going, and they're all celebrating here. There must have been a goal at Newcastle. And You're I was watching it in front of me going... <laughs> And I thought it was always like I'm watching a streamer. It will happen in a few seconds. <laughs> not able to get my mind around the fact, though, it's, it's live. It's not happening. Well, my point is, if he plays the same, effectively the same kind of lineup, you know, and tries to shoehorn our midfield, our, th- our central midfielders, one of them out, you know, if he sticks Ramsey out wide again and, you know, perseveres with Giro over Walcott, doesn't give you the Oxford chance, just some, if he doesn't mix it up in some significant way, I think it's going to carry on. And I think it's, that's going to be even more equally insane as the points we've been making. About I'm, going to, I'm going to do something unusual here. I'm going to actually get defend Walcott. I, oh, I think, I think, I think, not just me. No, I think, I, I think it's actually fine if Walcott comes on as a substitute if he comes on wide. Mm. If he comes on for Giroud and comes through the middle, that's when you need right. to be in the whole game. You yeah. can't just right, come exactly, into exactly. that centre forward position yeah. for 20 minutes. No. It's, it's impossible. You need no. to get a, a judgment of the way the and ball's when, running and the way right. the passes are coming through the two centre backs where they're covering you. I mean, if you're out wide, you can make it happen yourself, yeah. but. Uh, and when the 20 Ox, minutes there last night was just pointless. And when the Ox pointless. came on with 10 minutes to go, they did create, with, yeah. I thought, together. They actually looked really But he had his usual two shots that sure. he has 30 of those a season. One of those goes in. Everyone says he's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm no fan of the Ox whatsoever. Aren't you? No, not at all. But didn't he give us that? I, th- I just thought we looked so much more vibrant. Just, just, I just thought, you but know. I, I can I mean, look vibrant out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could. I mean, look, this, this is a guy that, albeit... Um, stupidly from Wenger was put into a right back position and had two 10 yard passes to make when we were trailing against West Ham yeah. and hit it to their midfield twice. That's yeah. like me going to the park with him and saying, here's a ball, Alex, yeah. I'm going to stand 20 yards over there. You've got to get it to me. Yeah. I, I stand there with my son and he gets it, he gets it to me. <laughs> he, he <laughs> Do you know did, what I mean? Your son who's he, here now he, he, looking I very mean, good on his, on his iPad. <laughs> but um, this is it. This is, this is it. Yeah. I mean, look, they can't have those excuses. Everyone wanted to defend Ramsey last night because they suddenly went on. Uh, this, this comes to a wider point and I'm going to rant off the rails and you'll have to rein me back in. But oh, I swear, good. so many people just sit there with their iPad and their phone and every time the commentary goes up, they look up and don't watch matches properly because I thought Ramsey... His performance last night was appalling because, yes, you can go on whoscored.com and find out that he did, uh, you know, 14 odd uh, tackles and interceptions or passes or, or completed passes. But there were two situations last night. One on about 38 minutes, if you watch it back, he got the ball in front of the dugout and, and uh, the, the winger... Someone has just crossed over from midfield. I think it was Alexis. And all he had to do was find him down the wing. He decided to do a back heel. Oh, yeah. And it went, yeah. and it went, that, that and it nearly went off the pitch. Yeah. And then yeah. when Liverpool broke last night, towards the end, when it looks as if they were going to score with that really uh, decent, is it Gomez on the left hand yeah. side? Yeah. We actually won the ball back and it went to Ramsey. He had three players breaking in front of him, one of them the fastest player in the Premier League. And he decided to chip it in the air. 
and that went yeah, to someone oh God, else. Okay, yeah. so you can defend Ramsey all you want to me about, mm. you know, making all these passes and things like that, but actual, you know, really important passages of play in the game, if you're going to get those wrong yeah. and someone's not going to get you by the scruff of the neck, then I'm, I'm, I'm afraid say, there's yeah. a fault there. I'm going to say something about Ramsey as well, because I, I, I mean, I love him and I would defend him, but I agree with you about his performance last night. But the other thing about, interesting about Ramsey is at the moment is there's this whole thing I was talking to... Um, to Dermot O'Leary last night I was sitting with and Dermot was saying how there's this, this whole thing now that we're all too nice like the vast majority of our players are just kind of really nice and there's, this, there's the, the um, Roy King quote about how you know what was it he was saying about selfies and selfies and six packs six packs yeah. right. so Aaron Ramsey is I, I happen to know developing his modelling career in a big way you know it's, it's, um, this is absolutely true mm. he's got like modelling agency he's up there for he's having events where you can go and you know meet him and he's going I'm not having to go that's fine but if you're going to carry on like last night and do that, and, and literally, like, his performance to me was like he's being a dandy in the middle of this game where he really got to knuckle down, you know, and do the things that, that matter, particularly him. Like, you know, let Ozil carry on and be the dandy because that's, that's what he's good for. And I just thought, I kept thinking, sitting there thinking, oh, my God, you know, forget, it's really bad. If anyone finds out about this whole modelling thing, and it's there, it's happening. It's just How got, do you know so much about it? Because my friends work in fashion, in fashion, you know, and, yeah. Well, he signed he, up to... Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's a good-looking lad. I don't blame him. But mm. what I'm saying is, you know, it's that kind of... It's, it's all part of the, the narrative, to use that word, where Roy Keane's right. I think he's right about our players. And Gary Neville was saying last night about, you know, where are the powerful players that Wenger's bringing in. He allows them to all be too nice and too powder puff. And I include Giroud in that as well. But it allows but, them, or are they like that? As in, he signs that DNA Both, player. both. Yeah. He allows it, they're like that, he lets them carry on, he doesn't bring in enough players that are different to but, that. He, he, he has his favourites. Like, for me... Yeah. The Ramsey, Giroud, um, you know, all of those players that he's picking at the moment. He likes the good looking ones. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. Right. Steady. The ones he's picking, all those midfielders that he's picking ahead Gabriel, of. Gabriel, come on. <laughs> Steady, yeah. <laughs> I just think, like, well, Ramsey's the main one. I mean, you know, that, that he has to shoehorn him in. Yeah. No, you know, don't. Stop doing it. You know, he's a great player, but if you're going to play him think... in the middle, all of those things, it's like it's all part of the whole weird situation where, for me, he can't see did, what he needs to do. Did and non- other... Go on. Didn't Henri and Perez say that. They felt like that when they came into the team, but there was always someone there to shake them out of it. Yeah. Whoever, whoever came yeah. into the team and yeah. was like that. And I, I mean, Henri tried to pass it on a bit too much with Reyes and people like that who just sort of, you know, threw yeah. their hands up and didn't want to be. But I think that there was that culture where, you know, you, you aren't going to get an easy ride on the pitch that, you know. But then again, that, that was one of the key things that I used to level against Wenger is that he. You know, we did our best performances came when the people on the pitch were the motivators and not him. Yeah. So, but at least he knew how important they were. You yeah. know, I mean, to me, for example, last night, so Steve Claridge on Mus Urzel. I mean, you know, I thought he had a pretty good game to be to us, but. Steve Claridge, what do you think? Well, Ozil was one of those players. As soon as it starts going wrong, he goes from mercurial to you know terrible, doesn't he? In the eyes of of the masses. I mean, yeah. my, look, my view on this is is quite simple, really. Insofar as Arsenal, when they play, are probably the best team in the league, but they don't earn the right to play often enough, no. and they haven't done for years, and they haven't understood that, particularly in the Premier League, you have to earn the right to be able to play with the freedom and the expression and overloading in wide positions and the intricacy in central areas. You've got to earn that by being able to be physically imposing enough to push a team back, and they don't do that. But that, but that was what was levelled at, at Real Madrid, was that he didn't actually come into their, their game plan. And I know that some of that was under Mourinho, so I guess that he used to give 
you know, Joe Cole was the classic example, just give him so many instructions that Cole wasn't intelligent enough to do it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it didn't matter that he could, you know, hit a pass from 40 yards. He just didn't follow instructions. The thing with Ozil is that there are a lot of these hipster folk that like to sort of say that, oh, isn't he a wonderful player? But, you know, if I want to see someone attempt sort of 50 kick-ups and balance the ball on their head, you can go to Covent Garden and see someone do that. Um, as part of an Arsenal team, I want him to do far much more than the things we all all know that he's wonderful at. And that probably does come down to a manager saying, there's a right time to do this, there's a right time to do that. Of course, he's a, of course he's a fantastic talent. Mm. It'd be silly to say he, he isn't, but there's so much more to football than that. And especially, you know, people like Claridge, every, everyone must be calling him a, you know, I, c- I can imagine the kind of defenders for, for yeah, uh, someone, Ozil, someone calling him a five, clogger, you're, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're no, this, Someone you're said on Five Live, when he made this criticism, someone said, someone sent in a, a tweet or email saying, I'm sure Ozil is devastated that Steve Claridge is criticising him. <laughs> yeah. And I, now, now I'm with you on this. I mean, I love Ursula. I love the fact that we, we brought him and everything and it's brilliant. But you can't, that, as you call it, hipster attitude, which is a brilliant description of it. It's like, we all know how amazingly brilliant he is, yeah. potentially. But the number of games, and lo- I mean, I thought he had a decent game last night, but Claridge's point, okay. he, did, he did give the ball away he did, a yeah. handful of yeah. times. Yeah. And he, that, and no. when he doesn't, if he, and, and Claridge's point is, if he's not being defensive at all, then that is absolutely infuriating. He didn't give the ball away as bad as Ramsey did, as in, a lot of the time where Ozil gave the ball away, no. there was no option and sure. it, it wasn't like an easy, sure. you know, he was crowded in by players and gave yeah. it away and I thought it was just an okay game. I think also when he's, you know, compared to Sanchez and what Sanchez is doing at the moment in terms of, there were a few yeah. moments last night where Sanchez yeah. had given the ball away but then does his like Duracell yeah, bunny, I think, just yeah. absolutely fights to get it back until yeah. the last minute. And Ozil, there were the moments, there, isn't yeah, it? and Ozil's trudging back for, you know, when it's the opposition's goal kick and it almost looks like he's, Mm. moving to be seen to be moving rather than really doing it from the heart but I just want to go back to Oxford Chamberlain for a second because I I feel he must be introduced for the team on Saturday I can't see the Wenger can just put out the same team again I don't know what you think James I agree well I agree I mean the problem with these two home games in particular is just it's palpable it's a lack of width Mm. you know and and why not play a player who can play in a wide position and has shown the ability to drive and, and actually, I, I agree that, you know, <laughs> defensively, Oxley chamberlain has been errant on many occasions, not just this season, but in recent years. But I, I almost feel as though, given the problems that there are going forward and how kind of predictable it is in terms of it's all in front of teams, yeah. it almost outweighs the fact that he can drive with that pace, he can offer that penetration and just beat a man. Because there aren't actually, you know, you think about somebody who's got the pace to go and beat a man in that current starting lineup. If you assume that Walcott doesn't play, who is there? Alexis, okay, yeah, Sanchez can do it from one wing. Where else is there? Ramsey, look, I mean, the thing to mention about Ramsey is he's not a right winger. He doesn't, you know. Of course, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Arsene Wenger made. I remember. I can't remember when it was, but it was. I think it was some point last season. He did a daily briefing where he talked about. Oh, I've got all these number tens. Isn't it amazing? And no team in the world's got more number tens this year. Do you know there's a reason for that, Arsene? (laughs) Because you can only play one of them. You don't need eight of them. No. 
you know, you might need two or three yeah. and you might want to find a system where you can have players, yeah. you know, that tuck in. But you've got Sanchez, you know, plays on the left, wants to tuck in field. You've got play- Ramsey, plays on the right, wants to tuck in field. It's no great surprise yeah. that teams come to I'm the sure Emirates. I'm sure Theo would love to have a, have a full game, even even back out on the wing. You know, yeah. I'm sure he'd love it. He's played about 5,000 games in that, in that uh, uh, sense. And the why, other, not, why not start him? Exactly. And the other thing I'd say about Theo is, where it, it, I think you're absolutely right to say 20 minutes isn't enough. It certainly isn't enough when you've got a team that's just defending the edge of the, of of the course, box yeah. and yeah. with two banks of four because yeah. he's not he's not going to find a way through with that his no. pace is irrelevant in that situation well um, let's think about our predictions as we wind towards the end of this frankly um, depressing and um, negative deeply negative uh, podcast but I feel we're, you know I think I think we're addressing the issues that need to be addressed Josh um, but, but I've realised that I've got far too many Arsenal's in my dream team which is say, why I'm doing so badly are? I think I'm I think I'm on minus what am I on have you no you're that? not on minus oh, points, I, oh, I just okay. it up. you weren't even bottom which you were last week you're up to 77th out of 86 oh that's brilliant there you go you've got uh, 38 points yeah. 31 of which you scored this week so oh, you're, you're things flying things looking up I'm 60th so uh, smashing, no, you're, you're, smashing it you're storming ahead yeah. but there's still time to join the football the Arsenal Dream Team League go to www.dreamteamfc.com register a team for free then join our league by entering the pin number 8394930 and um, there'll be a signed shirt to a player picked randomly and lots of prizes throughout the season and we've also signed up with Labrooks to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers that we've wrangled out of them follow the links on the description to this podcast or our Facebook page and Twitter feed and there's a free bet of up to £50 for you when you click on the link and enter the promo code LAD50 LAD, is that based on you? Are you lad 50? I don't think it's anything to do with me. Um, so the, the odds we'd like for the forthcoming, so the game against Newcastle, is it Sunday? Saturday, Sunday? Saturday, Saturday lunchtime. Lunchtime, lunchtime. Oh, yeah. It's on TV though. Yeah, yeah. BT Sport. Sport. Thank God. Um, our Arsenal to win 2-0 at 7-1, to us to win 3-1 at 12-1, to and a draw at half-time, and Arsenal to win at full-time is 18-5. to complex or for value following on from our poor first half last night Newcastle to lead at half time and Arsenal to go on to win is 25 to 1 that's quite good that's a good good bet Um, uh, yeah so there we go and I've just spotted that Alex Brooker is uh, 75th as well, so is you're doing he? better oh, than you. Good. So literally, that's very good. If, if you change your team at all, so is he below well, me? Is that no? He's me? above everyone. It, nearly everyone's, everyone's above, above you. Me. I, I, I never change my team. I never ever make substitutions in. Well, in the, the fact that you've named your team Theo's dad and he's played about a similar number of minutes to yeah. us in the Premier League this season, maybe yeah. maybe it's time. I think it's symbolic. Like, is your, your team's going to be sort of a metaphor yeah, for Wenger, basically. Exactly. So seventy minutes into the season, effectively, three quarters of the way through, it's a total metaphor for Wenger's arrogance. Not arrogance. No, 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 stubbornness. You've got Sturridge up. Front. He's injured. Yeah, that was a triumph. I thought he was coming back. <laughs> When's he coming back? Please. please one day. Yeah. One day. One day in the future he'll come back. Tell me he's got Carl Jenkinson at the back. No, I, <laughs> God, I thought uh, You've got Kashelny, who also obviously is injured. Yeah, why? Right, he's now. Baines, he's injured. Oh. Yeah, okay. Oh, Maybe I should make... some, re- some tinkering to Do be Do you done. think even Wenger would, would change his, his lineup more than I am? I don't no, think yeah. he'd put out... In- well, maybe he would put out injured players. Maybe that's part of the problem. Before. Who knows? Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, what's going to happen at Newcastle on Saturday? Alan? I think uh, McLaren is one of these... T- he, he likes to analyse teams. He likes to look at weaknesses. I think... I think that if, if Wenger puts in Oxlade-Chamberlain and mixes it up a bit, at least that will maybe ruin the scout, any scouting that McLaren does, and we might just surprise them on the day with a lineup. Um, but I think if it's same old, same old, then I think that he'll go with a plan, and I think we could be looking at another nil-nil. Oh God! 
Okay. <laughs> Josh? Well, I went to two football games in the Premier League this weekend. The first was at Old Trafford and the second was oh. last night. So I got the two nil-nils um, of this weekend. But obviously it meant I watched Newcastle on Saturday and oh. I, was, I was quite impressed. And what's first, your scouting report? Well, first 15 minutes, United were all over them and uh, arguably could have gone ahead with uh, with Rooney. who had a disallowed goal in a similar way to we had with Ramsey last night. But afterwards, I was quite impressed with their really good shape. It looked like, you know, they, last season, I think I think the point was made on, on match of a day, but they they were terrible away from home. And yet... They look like a unit. They've got a few new players in. They, they, they hit the bar. I think it's a, a difficult game for us. But I think, you know, Theo, I imagine, will come in for Giroud. I think Oxlade Chamberlain will have to come in for someone in that midfield. And hopefully we'll edge it maybe 1 0. I don't think it'll be an exciting one. You think Theo and the Ox will play? I think there's. Isn't there a stat that they've never but played 90 minutes together ever or something? Well, if, if Giroud comes out of that team and then he, it. you know, I, I Wouldn't don't surprise know. surprise me. Yeah. Does Ramsey come out of that team possibly? Well, I mean, yeah. it seems unlikely, but. I think he's got to he's got to change it up a little bit. You'd think, James. So, what's um, your prediction? One nil. One nil. One nil. James. Well, I, I mean, I only watched the game on the TV, but I disagree with Josh insofar as I thought Newcastle were extremely lucky to get out of Old Trafford with a nil nil draw. Um, they did defend well. They did. Mm. The, the shape was better than you've seen Newcastle for for a long time away from home. But um, I just. <laughs> I just sort of feel as though, as negative as we've been over the last 35 minutes, however long it is, I just feel Arsenal are going to come good eventually. So I'm, I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. I think they will. I think they'll just buck their ideas up. Yeah, I think they've got to. So I, think, I think it's like a... Well, the, the stats from games show that we are dominating teams. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, three, three games over 60 shots. So that's 20 shots that we're likely to have at the weekend yeah. on average for this season. So... You know, what's the problem? What is the problem? We're creating chances at the same yeah. rate as back in the good old days. I think the type of game might suit Arsenal a little bit better, you know, away from home, not yeah, having to do, necessarily yeah. make the running and, yeah. and having that space to play. I think I think one of Theo or the Ox will start. I've got to, just got a feeling he might drop Giroud. I don't know. Oh, I hope so. Just to, just to, I've, there's yeah. no inside information on that whatsoever. Okay. It's just, just a thought. Okay. But, you know, just to get some pace in that team to be yeah. able to hit on the break and, and cause some problems. Is Koscielny back? Do we know? Well, that's we'll find out on Thursday morning. But I think Mertesacker is fine. That was just an illness. Koscielny is he had a back problem. Well, Gabriel, Gabriel was great. So if it's Mertesacker, Gabriel, that's that kind of that's not Chambers. No. <laughs> What's your um, prediction? My boy? prediction is two one. I think I think we've got to win this game because I think there's already that people were calling for Arsene Wenger's head last night no. on the radio. Man, that, I'm not saying Wenger out Spurs trended fans. again. There you go on yeah. Twitter within think, twenty minutes. Of I think finals. generally when we have to arrest these moments, we one, normally do, and we'll probably win. One of the worst things is that people think it's the same people yeah. that are Wenger, Wenger in, Wenger up. It's two camps shouting loudest at different times, yeah, and it true, absolutely yeah. infuriates me that. Yeah. That, that, you know, you get so many people on Twitter last night saying, oh, the Arsenal fans have all changed to Wenger out now. No, they haven't. No, it's just those yeah. ones are speaking louder. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a simple thing. You know, because of because of all these fans that are, you know, millions of miles away, there's so so many of them. There's about two million people and, <laughs> yeah. ah, it's ridiculous. And by the time Josh. we do our next pod, the transfer window will be shut. Oh, God, yeah. So is it Monday, the, Monday, Tuesday? Monday? 6 p.m. Tuesday, 6 p.m. Tuesday, 6 p.m. Well, that's, so Sky can't have first. its full night of... No, well, they extended it because of the bank holiday. Oh, um, OK. Um, so what, 5 till 6 p.m. will be the exciting time. Working day, yes. Mm. Yes, I, I hate deadline day. OK, it's a nightmare for you. Sorry. Yeah. It is. But thanks for coming in there. <laughs> Thank you, I hope your transfer day isn't too painful. <laughs> Thank I you. It's really exciting for us, but you know it won't be. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Josh. And we'll Cheers. see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.